College Talk. It is your host, Beth Brandon, and I am so excited to, to be here chatting with you. Um, since we're a little bit before the holidays, happy holidays, um, unless you've been celebrating Hanukkah, and then happy Hanukkah, belated Hanukkah, um, that just finished up for you. So um, yeah, holidays are, are coming up. Um, Hanukkah has already happened. So that's, that's exciting. It's a great time of year. Um, weird time of year this year, things are going to look a little bit different. And of course that means that things are also going to be looking different, uh, right. Just for college, um, applications and the financial aid piece of it. So maybe the FAFSA, definitely SAT and, uh, scholarships. And I think this year, I really want to touch on on scholarships again. I know if you go back way, way, way back to the very first couple episodes of College Talk, they're all about scholarships and the FAFSA and, and all that fun stuff. But I really want to touch on it again, and we're going to talk about something very specific related to scholarships this week, and that is we're going to talk about resumes. So for all my high school students out there, we are going to be discussing how to set up and create your first resume. But before we dive into that super, super, super fun stuff, um, I'm going to be doing a little bit of uh, business first. So a couple things to, to talk about, some reminders. Um, as you all know, the FAFSA opened up on October 1st of this year. So this is going to be the FAFSA for 21-22, uh, that academic year. Um, so you're going to be needing those 2019 taxes, income taxes, and, um, you know, you'll be wanting to get that in for all my folks who are in Michigan. You're going to want to get that in by March 1st. That hasn't changed. One thing that, um, you can do if you're not sure, um, what your state's FAFSA deadlines are, because each state has their own, um, FAFSA deadline. Um, and so one thing that you can do is, is you can always look it up. And, um, what's really nice is, um, if you go to studentaid.gov, they'll let you know when all the federal deadlines are. Um, and, and, uh, so, for the federal deadline, that's going to be June 30th. Again, that hasn't changed. Um, but they do have a nice little breakdown right below that. Um, if you go, it's just studentaid.gov slash apply hyphen for, uh, you know what? I'm going to put the link in the description because that is <laughs> a long URL. Um, but you can actually scroll down and, and you can see what your state's deadline is. And that includes Guam, um, you know, the Marshall Islands, you know, all that good stuff. So, um, like I said, Michigan is March 1st. Um, you know, Maine is May 1st, but then Louisiana is July 1st, right? So they all kind of, um, they're all different. So it's, it's important to make sure that you know when your state's deadline is. Like I said, um, I'm going to put the link for that right down in the description. And that way you can check and make sure that you're going to be on time. You know, North Carolina, North Dakota, um, 
you know, they they have as soon as possible after October 2020, October 1st, 2020, right? And and so it's sort of like a, you know, um, first come, first serve sort of a thing. So it's really important to know when your state's deadline is to make sure that you get as much funding as you can. So that's some FAFSA business taken care of. Like always, if you do have questions about that, you can always email me um, at podcastcollegetalk at gmail.com. You can also go to our website, podcastcollegetalk.weebly.com. And if you go into the resources section, there's actually um, little documents that will will help you. They're regular-sized PDFs. I don't know why I said little. Um, but they will help you run through um, all the information and help you gather all the things that you're going to need for uh, filling out that FAFSA. So definitely check that out. It's all free. Um, please use it. Um, other piece of business. So there was a huge, huge break between, um, my last, uh, podcast and then, or my last episode, second to last episode and then the last episode. Um, and, and the reason for that is it's pretty exciting. Uh, I accepted a new position and moved. Um, and as I'm sure a lot of folks are feeling in the pandemic, it was incredibly exciting. Um, I got, I'd been living quite far away from, um, my family and, and from my, my boyfriend and and partner. And so it was really nice to be able to, to get, um, much closer to, to all of them amidst the pandemic. Um, and, you know, just want to throw a, a quick thank you out to, to LSSU, Lake Superior State University. I had a, an amazing time. I learned so much and got to connect wonderfully with those students and, and the staff there. And um, a lot of amazing opportunities and a lot of growth uh, that, that I received there. So that was that was a fantastic experience. Um, but I, I have moved. Um, and so there was a big break because I was packing and getting all that stuff together. And I'll tell you what, moving in a pandemic is a weird experience. Um and and so I, I sort of took a little impromptu break there. I do want to let you all know that I am going to be taking a break for the holidays. Um, as you know, the the next episode um, would be dropping the week after New Year's, um, which is, I believe, it, w- it would be the 6th of January. Um, so I will be taking that time off and so the next episode will be sometime later in January um so it'll be about a month from this one um just because we're doing that that uh bi-weekly so every two week posting still um but then we'll be back to to things as normal as we really start picking up in February and March and uh April and May with all the college going stuff I'll be there to chatting about a bunch of stuff I think one thing that I really want to do is focus on college um, skills prep. And so we'll be doing quite a few episodes about ways that you can really work to, um, you know, make sure that you're prepared to go as well, um, as, you know, if maybe we're not going in person in the fall, right. You know, so, um, we'll focus on some online class skills. We'll focus on in-person class skills, studying by yourself, all that good stuff. So there's, there's going to be a lot of good stuff coming out. Um, for any counselors, principals, teachers, professors, higher ed, staff, and administration who are listening, um, I will also be doing quite a few episodes catering towards some of the needs um, that, you know, have have been noticed, uh, have been reported on throughout um, the pandemic, and really talking about ways that we can... Um, 
really start to reach out to students and help them without maybe necessarily putting too much on ourselves as well, right? Because burnout's real. Um, but we feel it, right? But so do students. And so if we can figure out a way to bridge those gaps so that students have the tools that they need, um, I think that's going to be amazing. My goal is to help give you those tools so that you have them um, so that you're not putting in so, so, so much extra work to find them, but you just have them um, so that we can, like I said, kind of connect the bridge, bridge that gap between what's needed and what we can offer. So, all right. Um, that was it. That was all the business. That was a lot and a long uh, amount of business. But it's not going to be a super long episode today. Um, so like I said, we're going to be talking about, to all my high school seniors and juniors out there, resumes. So with scholarships, some scholarships are going to ask for a resume. If not, and you're looking for a job during the summer before, or maybe, you know, you want to get a job on campus once you get to college, or a job, you know, while you're, while you're in college, and you might need a resume. So what I'm going to do is, is run through um, some tips and tricks for, um, for a resume. And what I'm really going to focus on is specifically a resume for a high school student. Um, I am going to also link a really great article called Guidelines for What to Include in a Resume. I'm going to go over that a little bit briefly, um, but I'm mostly going to be focusing on what high schoolers should put in a resume. So I am using thebalancecareers.com. Um, I love them. They have so many great resources for young professionals and, and folks who are maybe looking to jump back into um, the, the, you know, the world of work um, after taking a break. They have fantastic articles that will show you photo or um, visual examples of you know, the difference between business formal, business casual, smart casual. I didn't even know that smart casual was a thing until I started reading through the balanced careers to make sure that I had information for, for students that I worked with. So I'm going to post these links on there. Um, you can absolutely explore the sites. Like I said, the link to the high school resume, um, you know, tips and, and things, um, as well as the guidelines for what to include in a resume. Both of those articles are going to be linked right down in the description. I am not I'm not sponsored by the Balanced Careers. I just, I've used them myself. I've helped uh, students by using them. I just think that's a great resource. Definitely check it out. Um, okay, so some things that you can include, especially if you haven't had a, 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 a formal job yet, um, you know, things like, you know, babysitting, Maybe you have done some yard work for a neighbor and it's been on a really regular occurrence. Um, and, you know, just different things that you've done, you know, to, to earn money. Um, and, and like I said, preferably if you've done something with some regularity that shows responsibility and commitment, which is great. But if you haven't, still put that down because it shows that you know, you do have skills and there are certain strengths that you have. So, um, you know, definitely, definitely make sure you put those things down. Um, these are things you've probably heard of if you've taken, you know, uh, a business class or anything in high school. But, you know, list those leadership roles, right? So the things that you're doing in school, if, if you're on Quiz Bowl or Varsity Quiz Bowl, like put that on there. That's awesome. That's a great thing, especially, again, if you've committed to it. You're going to hear me say if you've committed to it um, because, you know, reliability, commitment, those are important things um, that, that folks are looking for 
um, if you're looking for a job. Now, with scholarships, those extracurricular or co-curricular activities are also going to be really important, those leadership activities, because usually scholarships are looking for that thing. So um, one thing that I did when I was in high school, um, because in the most unmodest way I can say this, uh, I was pretty humble. I actually sat down with my mom because she started thinking and, and pulling things out and reminding me of things that I did that I didn't, I wasn't thinking of. And so, you know, it's a good idea to sit down with maybe a best friend, um, a trusted adult, you know, whoever that might be for you, you know, maybe, maybe a teacher that you really like or that you've really connected with or, you know, you've had them all, all four years, they've seen you grow, you know, chat with them and, and think like, what are some of those leadership roles that I, you know, you saw me and I was really enjoying or that I did a lot in, you know, use your resources, your people resources. Um, another thing that this article mentions is to promote your attitude and performance. So what they mean by that is your habits, right? Um, this, the title says it, promote your attitude and performance. It's okay if you don't have tons of experience, if you're applying specifically for a job, you know, doing that one specific, you know, thing. Um, maybe, you know, you're looking to work at, at a, a, a restaurant or something. You know, that's, that's trainable. But what they want to see is, you know, you're honest, you're punctual, um, you know, things like that. So, so say maybe you've gotten a certificate or an award for great attendance. That's something that this article mentions. Um, if, if you, um, you know, a volunteer and you're doing something, that happens every Saturday at 8 a.m. You know, I like to sleep in past 8 a.m. on Saturdays, but if you're committing to something every Saturday at 8 a.m., you know, that shows that you're going to be punctual. And again, you can make a commitment and keep it. You have that responsibility. So, you know, talk about those things as well. Um, so a note that they put is if supervisors, teachers, or coaches have recognized you for a positive attitude or outstanding service, you know, mention that in your description of the activity as well. If you've been a team captain, you know, different things like that, you know, if, if your team does like awards at the end of the year and you got like most supportive, you know, put those things down. That's going to be fantastic. Um, and then it says mention your achievements, right? I mentioned that team captain thing. That's a great thing to put on there. If you're quiz bowl team captain, if you are assistant director on a theater or drama production, if you're a section leader in the band or a drum major, if you're the captain of the cross country team or the football team or the bowling team, you know, any of those things. If, if you play for a travel hockey team or um, if you do community theater and you're doing something there and you've been given a level of responsibility, you know, put those things down, right? Talk about those achievements. Um, you know, one thing, and, and this is something they mentioned this article too, but this is something that I always mention um, to students. If you do have some work experience or a volunteer experience, or you're going to talk about achievement, make sure that you start, you know, you can put down what it was, you know, if it's, let's say it's a volunteer experience, Say that you volunteered with your local animal shelter for two years and you walk dogs every Saturday morning. So you want to put down that you did this work experience. Maybe you started in April 2018 and you're going to be moving in the fall. So you know, you're going to do that all the way up you know, to present, right? You're still doing it. You can say it's a present and then you can describe what you did. But what you want to do with each of those descriptions underneath is you want to start it with an action verb. So you could say coordinated dog walking schedules, 
uh, for Saturdays, you know, from this time period to time period, or coordinated volunteer uh, calls to try and get more folks to do dog walking. Uh, walked and groomed dogs, you know, things like that. You want to have um, those action verbs to show this is what I did. And there's a lot of really great resources out there that will include different lists of action, um, action, action verbs that you can use. So, um, yeah, yeah, definitely start there. Um, some more tips that they have, start with an outline, right? It's kind of like writing a paper or um, – the way that I look at resumes is that it's a marketing tool, right? It's it's what you do to let people get an idea of you, and this sounds so capitalistic and commercialized, but you as the product. Are they interested in, you know, buying? Or, you know, I don't like the way that sounds. Are they interested in hiring, right? And, and so you want to make sure that you're catching them and you're matching yourself to their needs, but you got to be honest about it. If you don't match the needs of the job, if you don't match the needs of the scholarship, maybe don't apply, right? But if you do match, make sure that the words you're using, the verbiage you're using, the skills that you're showing, the experiences you're showing, make sure that they match that and show that I am super qualified for this position. I'm going to be able to jump right in and do fantastic or to show that you're super qualified for a scholarship and that you're super deserving so that any scholarship committees are going to see that and think this right here, this is the one, this is the student that we've been looking for. So start with an outline, right? And, and write down and have, have a document where you write down every single experience, work experience, volunteer experience, et cetera, that you have from now until the end of your college experience. Once you get into your second year of college, you can kind of scoot the high school stuff away. But I recommend keeping it all on the same list. You're not going to want to put it on a resume anymore, but have it on the same list so you can think back about those experiences so you can talk about them later on if you need to. But for the rest of your life, keep a running document that has all of your experiences so that way later on you can tailor your resume to make sure that you are appealing for people who want to hire you so you can show that your qualifications match exactly what they're looking for, if not more so. So start with that outline. Start it now. And, and think about the language, right? Think about those action verbs. Um, you could sit down again and do this with a best friend. You could do this with a trusted adult, um, you know, a role model or a mentor. Definitely do that. Um, so, you know, I'm just kind of looking through this as we're talking here, looking through my notes. And, you know, it includes resume skills. Um, as you get older, you may not need like a skills section, but for right now, if you've taken a class that shows that you're, um, you know, you, you've learned how to use Microsoft Word or Excel or PowerPoint, you know, write down those skills. Um, you know, if you've acquired a skill from, you know, a, a sport or an extracurricular activity, you know, like organization, time management, you know, put those things down. Those are going to be important. Um, again, they mentioned use those action words, use those verbs, right? And, and, and make sure that you, Try not to use the same one over and over again. You know, expand your horizons. Find different words or verbs that maybe are more suited to what you need. So if you're thinking, I worked on a project. Okay, so it's a group project and you worked on it. But if you were the one who, like, set up all of the times that you were going to meet and get together and work on that, then you didn't just work on the project. You coordinated the project. And so maybe coordinated is the one that you want to use. 
if you organize project details, write organized project details, right? Get very specific because that's going to be very helpful. You want to keep it short. Um, probably at high school, you don't need to be too much longer than a page. If you've done a ton, a ton of stuff, that's awesome. But again, that's where you have the opportunity to tailor the resume to that scholarship or to that job. Um, and that way it can be like the ultimate marketing tool. Um, I believe it's like six point something seconds is the average time that an employer looks at a resume. So you want to catch their eye and give them an opportunity to see right away that you're qualified. Scholarship committees could be very different than six seconds. I'm, I've been on scholarship committees. We look at that stuff pretty in depth, but it's still a great idea to make sure that you're showing off why you're qualified for that scholarship and really focusing on the things that are going to get you there. Um, you know, it, it mentions tell a story, right? So, you know, if, if you haven't, here's another way to look at this. It's also called transferable skills. And there's a whole resume format. There's like three different formats of resumes. But there's a whole different format of resume that focuses on this, which is usually used if you're going from one career field to the next. And so you haven't actually worked in that area or held something with that specific title. And so when they say tell a story, what they want you to do is connect the skills that you have to the things that you would be doing. Or, you know, so that would work more for a job, for the scholarship. I don't know if you could swing it, but if you can say like, I maybe haven't done this exact thing for that the scholarship requires, here are the things that I've done that have given me the same skills that would make me qualified for the scholarship. That's how I could kind of see you swing it. Um, and, and, you know, as always, when you're sending an email, when you're sending, you know, turning in a paper, anything like that, proofread it, proofread it. It's got a college application essay, proofread it. Um, have someone else read it and then have someone else read it. Read it to yourself out loud, but proofread it. Proof, 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 read it. Um, I think reading it out loud is one of the best ways to catch errors. Ask the people you have reading it for you to read it out loud and tell them that you're asking for, for constructive feedback. So you want to hear if there's something they think needs to be changed. Um, I think a lot of times people are nervous to give constructive feedback, but really tell them that it's going to help you and that it's in your best interest for them to do that. Um, they have a really great resume example. Um, they have a PDF for a word template that you could, you could download if you needed to utilize it. Um, and then it kind of talks all about what's, what's on there. So let's switch over to that other article, um, called guidelines for what to include in a resume. That one's by Allison Doyle. This first one, I want to give credit to the, uh, authors is also Allison Doyle. Um, so she wrote both of these, um, so guidelines for resumes. This is just general resumes. This would also be helpful in the future, maybe for graduating college and you're looking to get a job. Um, resume length, right? Two pages is typically the maximum if you're doing a CV, which is different than a resume. Um, that, that can be longer. Um, but for a resume, you're looking at, you know, one to two. So one page resume is more entry level, two page, you're going to be going for a more experienced based job. So, or you're a more experienced candidate, uh, essentially, um, for font, you want to use just straight into the point fonts that are really easy to read. Um, you know, Times New Roman, Arial Calibri, you know, just those sort of serif or sans serif fonts. I'm a big fan of sans serif. 
I've read that it's easier for folks with uh, dyslexia to read. So I always try to use sans serif just to be more, um, to make my resume and to make my, my um, documents more accessible. Um, page margins. So you can reduce the margins to about a half an inch. Um, I think when, when you get into college, you may realize like, man, an inch margins has put me over my page limit, which I know sounds nerdy, but it'll probably happen. And so being able to reduce it to a half an inch is pretty nice. Um, but you don't want it to go too, too, too tight, um, up to the corner. So just be mindful of that. Um, you can kind of do whatever layout you want. You just want to make sure that, uh, the sections are uniform and that they flow really nicely. Um, and you don't need to put personal stuff like height, weight, et cetera, et cetera. Um, as always, proofread, check it, check your dates because accuracy is super important. Um, you don't want to be seen as dishonest. And so you want to make sure that you have everything correct. So checking for um, correctness is, is definitely important. So just a quick list of things to put on your resume. Again, the link to this article is going to be on there. You want to have your identification. So name, address, telephone number, and email address. Let's jump to that email address for a second. It should be a professional email address. If you're in high school and you're listening to this, this is a PSA. You need to stop using your high school email address and putting it on things. And whatever you have connected to your high school email address, if that's your Apple iTunes account or Netflix or Spotify or whatever, you need to move that to a different email because your high school email will be deleted after you graduate. So start a new email and do something professional, right? So for me, it could be, you know, bbrandon at gmail.com. I'm sure bbrandon is taken. So maybe, um, you know, bbrandon20 at gmail.com or, you know, something like that, but, but make it professional. Um, you know, no Q letter Q T and then P I E three one four at hotmail.com. You want it to be professional. Get it. That's QT pie 3.14 jokes. Okay. So, um, yeah. Definitely, definitely, definitely make sure that your resume or your email address is professional, especially if you're going to put it on your resume. Um, so the next thing I mentioned is an objective. Um, for students who are applying to um, a scholarship or a specific position, I, I feel like objectives, if you're applying... <laughs> If you're applying to a company that maybe has different things in different states or different positions that you could qualify for, using an objective to, stay, to say, like, I want to be in this state, I'm looking to do this thing, maybe is important. If you're applying for a specific position, your objective is to get that position, so you don't really need to tell them that that is your objective. That's my opinion. If you talk to other folks in the um, you know world of, of career education, they're going to tell you something different. So it, it, it's really a case by case. That's my personal feeling on it. I think if you're applying to something specific, you don't need an objective. It just takes up space, but you could use it if you wanted to. Uh, another thing is the profile. Um, that's also optional. That would include, uh, this is quote unquote, 
a summary of your skills, experiences, and goals written specifically for a job posting, end quote. So that's going to be more if you're focusing specifically on things they're asking for. So showing what skills you have that apply to that position. Again, it's optional. So these are really really the, the standard things that are on a resume. Education, so you know, where you went to high school, um, when you're graduating later on, you know, if you're going to college, it would be where you went to college, when you graduated, what was your degree in, what was your major? Um, and then you want to have experience. So you want to do it in reverse chronological order. So your most recent experiences should be at the top and the experiences that you had farther back in time should be at the bottom. Um, you know, like I said, if, if you're, if you haven't worked a specific job, you can list the extracurricular experience, you can list volunteer experience, um, different things like that. Um, skills, again, that's optional, uh, volunteer work, optional hobbies and interests, optional. I've never seen that on a resume, but it could be good at a high school level, um, because those would show different skills that you're gaining from it, right? Um, you know, so keep that in mind. And then they have more samples, again, that you can download to utilize and, and get a good idea of what it should look like. Um, like I said, relatively quick episode today. Oh, you know what? It's 30 minutes. I guess it wasn't that quick. Um, but I think utilizing, and I'm going to say it's kind of like giving a gift to yourself, utilizing this time over break, I know... I know it's been a long semester. We're all super tired. But utilizing the time that you have now to get things done is going to be really important. So that way you don't have to do it while you're also trying to do your last semester or your last trimester of high school. So give yourself 15 minutes a day and work on a resume for scholarships that you're going to want to start applying to as soon as you get back in the spring. Or, you know, make sure that you fill out that FAFSA Designate a time to sit down and fill out that FAFSA. Um, maybe some scholarships are already out and you want to apply for those. In the time that it takes to bake cookies, you can probably apply for a scholarship. You can definitely create your FSA ID and you can probably get about halfway through the FAFSA. If you're using the IRS data retrieval tool, you might even be able to get done with the FAFSA in the amount of time it takes to bake some Christmas cookies holiday cookies, cookies for why not cookies, right? And and so use this time that you have, not even the whole time, just little pieces of the time that you have to set yourself up for a less stressful, less work-filled spring, okay? Because we've had a stressful fall. Let's give ourselves the gift of getting ahead and having a less stressful spring, Okay. All right. As always, if you have questions, you can email them to podcastcollegetalk at gmail.com. You can also um, email me at our websites, podcastcollegetalk.weebly.com. There's a bunch of free resources. Please use them. Please use them. Uh, that's why they're there. And um, as always, I have been so thankful to uh, chat with you all here. Get ready. On college Talk. <laughs>